Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 412 of the JV Club with my guest, Jen Welch. What a delight we had. I so, so, so enjoyed chatting with uh, this buddy who is a podcaster, a comedian, a writer, um, is, was in New York. You know, I always love a little long distance, what's going on in your neck of the woods exchange. This does not disappoint. I also want to just gently remind you, and if you listen to other Max Fun podcasts, I bet you already know this, that we are looking towards this year's Maximum Fun Drive. Max Fun Drive. No one does it, says it like that. So I would love to hear from some of you if you have a chance. Uh, I, as you know, celebrate uh, the connections that we all have together so much. And this is a great opportunity to email member stories at maximumfund.org that's member stories at maximumfund.org or you can call and leave a voicemail how much do i love that how much do i love the idea of playing a voicemail from one of you talking about the jv club i love this it's 323-601-8719 and you can just call and leave a message about what the show means to you etc and uh we will uh hopefully be able to share some of that stuff on the show ah this is my favorite. So I hope you will consider doing that. Feel free to scroll back uh, 30 seconds on the podcast if you need to listen to those and write them down again. I so encourage you to do so. I adore you and I thank you for your support. Enjoy the episode. off do yeah. whatever you want pick your nose this that's is our time because I, I didn't shower get comfy you know? so i'm kind of on like day four hair you know <laughs> so. yeah oh i hear you i'm i think i might be on day 10 hair i mean i <laughs> yeah. just could not could not avoid washing my hair more right now i Absolutely. put so much dry shampoo the other day that it, it i mean it really is like a wig it's like a powdered wig from yield and oh, days i should send you a link to the stuff that i just got because i had so i slipped in the shower um uh, uh two years after my dad or no a year 11 months after my dad passed away i slipped in the shower and hit my head um and oh, uh yeah and so i've had a weird shower ptsd thing ever since then that like you I know blame you. comes and goes uh but i got this amazing stuff um from this uh instagram ad <laughs> and it's like a, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a dry shampoo but it's not a dry shampoo because it's not all powdery it's just like a, a spray that you put in your hair and it soaks the oil up and it's so nice and uh okay that, so, i like what i'm hearing yeah i'll send you a link to it yeah just remind me because <laughs> i, I will. forget stuff <laughs> i will i will um yeah i this i you're not the first person that uh who has told me about the um insidious impressive and ultimately satisfying effect of certain instagram ads like they like oh my you god know, going well they got me and it and i and i'm i really like what i got so i have to be okay with it i just ha- i have packages that just kind of arrive and i'm like what what did, what did i do now <laughs> <laughs> what was this? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think that's 
happening for a lot of us too right now just yeah. sort of i mean you know without 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 leaning without tipping too heavily into like obviously it's not healthy to you know try to find dopamine in spending money we don't have like that i i don't want to go to that ex- i don't want to say right. like you know we're all at that extreme but right. certainly there is something to be said for you know if you're following the quarantine rules and you give yourself a little joy and it feels like that changes that shifts the rhythm a little bit like ooh what's this what did i order <laughs> like few, like past yeah. you was looking out for future you knowing you would well, need a little pick me up and, and, and everything <laughs> there would be everything that i buy is something that like oh, i'm like well this was useful this is good like yeah, so yesterday what came in the mail are these like little silicone like um uh it, this is gonna sound weird and gross but it's not uh like toe separators and it's like they're supposed to help with like i was a tap dancer growing up and so my feet are sometimes just like uh weird yep. <laughs> you know yeah dancers and, in general absolutely yeah yeah, and so it's these little it's these little silicone things you put on your uh, and they're they're really soft and noodly and you just put them on your feet and they kind of keep your toes all separated and nice and I've just been wearing them around the house and I'm like this is lovely, <laughs> like, I, good job. Is it like? <laughs> Yeah, is it is it sort of like manicure toe? I mean, pads, it's like kind of openers? like that, but it's kind of like in theory, it's kind of like that. But they're made to be able to be worn with like shoes and everything, so they're like really low profile. And oh. it's more about like the it's more about like the in between the toes than like the sort of like above and around the toes. Like it's like a little, um, you know, when there's like, uh, uh. Mm, Okay, you know when you go to a place that you're not supposed to drive through the road and then there's little, like, uh, pillars that come up out of the road, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so but so there's nothing across like the top. Like a federal building. Yes, exactly. So there's nothing across the top. It's just <laughs> pillars that, that stop you from... It's like those yeah. go between your toes. <laughs> Great. Like, yeah nobody is gonna drive a truck bomb into your toes exactly exactly but there's nothing (laughs) over top so you don't have to have anything like on top of your foot you know which is like weird gotcha so yeah gotcha uh the listen it's the simple (laughs) things and i and and i totally i i totally get it and that's actually a really good invention that feels like this i love the i love the 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 sort of how do we reverse all the damage that oh my we've god done to ourselves <laughs> the past, are there certain things we can recondition ourselves for i think the past six years of my life have just been completely like reversing <laughs> damage like full time <laughs> all my energy oh i get it i get it oh my friend we here we are here we are and laughter <laughs> is the best medicine. Yes. Where now? Where are you from? I hear an accent, and I know that I I may I no no I I guess I don't know. I was gonna say I don't I don't I'm trying to think if like anything I know about you involves where where you grew up, but I but so, I realize that information I love, is not. I love that you picked knowing. up. Yeah, no, I love that you picked up on the accent and it's, you can't place it because it's a real weird one. Um, it's the, <laughs> it's the, um, they call it a northern, wait, what is it? It's like a northern vowel shift or something. Basically, it's like Ooh. upstate New York. So it's like, uh, 
like around Syracuse area, like not quite Buffalo because Buffalo gets some of the Chicago. But this is yeah. like a very weird, specific upstate New York thing that's happening here. And it, it like uh, it adds like uh, a sort of like extra vowel sound to certain words, especially words with the letter A. Anyways, Binghamton is where I'm from. I love it. I, I, <laughs> I don't need to get no, you more it. about Listen, my I, accent. I, could de- but, like, <laughs> I, I, it, I have always loved that. And I feel like I've only gotten nerdier for linguistics and accents and sort of understanding yeah. like I've had much longer conversations than were necessary with my my better half uh where I do get into the whole sort of like well where's like one of the things that I love about you know this language is like you can really tell that the tongue is just right there at the front of the teeth I mean that tongue is getting involved <laughs> it is just in there you have to talk around the tongue the whole time like very just right in there and I mean, the, like, uh, well, God, you do voiceover for being into it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I sure I can use that as an as like a career, like a professional excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, but it's but like at the end of the day, I feel like I'd be doing it anyway. That's your instrument. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. No, it makes sense. I did some voiceover, um, just like classes and stuff, a few years back with this really awesome woman who was really incredible. Um, but she was basically kind of baffled by me. <laughs> she's like i don't know what to do she's like she um she was like you have a great voice it's just this uh this weird this uh, like uh, yeah anyways yeah the accent it's hard it's it's hard to uh yeah manage (laughs) but i mean that being said look there's so many you know actors and comedians and people who just consistently have their own same accent i think it's great you know and they've and they've done just fine so I think it's great for stand-up comedy, and I think it, it serves me well in that. And I can, you know, I kind of, like, know at this point how to, like, really, like, play into it and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I didn't realize, well, I didn't, but the hard thing is, it's like, you don't realize you have an accent until you go somewhere. And especially when it's an accent that, like, a lot of people don't really understand or know. And then it's just like, you're the person who says the word trailer weird, you know? And it's like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, it's a lot of A words, like sale and sale. And like male and male and all that stuff. Um, oh, uh, no, I don't. I mean, I don't even feel like I know what any of the words that you just said were. And I'm a little embarrassed. Wait, Did you say trailer <laughs> like instead of trailer? Yeah. OK, OK, OK. And then yeah. what did you say after that? Mal? <laughs> male and male. <laughs> Like M-A-I-L okay. versus M-A-L-E. <laughs> or like, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I, I have an Uncle Sale and that drives everybody insane because I say sale like like how you would say S-A-I-L. Like it's two syllables. Yeah, like it's two syllables. Gotcha. But, but I say like uh, you're going on a sailboat like it's like my uncle, like how somebody else would say their uncle, you know, whose name is Salvatore. Like, but I have right. an uncle. I have an uncle Sale. That is so interesting because that is like v- verging on Southern, right? I mean, the the sort yeah. of second syllable of a v- of a vowel, like Sale. This is my uncle yeah. Sale. But it's really, it's it's I only lo- on those words. It. It's really, yeah. It's it's really. Um, it, it was very when people first started pointing it out to me. I and I didn't understand that like it was an accent of the region I grew up in. I was like, I just say words dumb. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no 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 not at yeah. all not at all uh, um is being is binghampton is it uh what size is it is it sort of 
Um, is it so, a small city or is it a big town or is it? Yeah, it's like a dying industrial city. So like my dad worked at a paper factory there and like um, I, a lot, there used to be a lot of factories there, but now um, it's just like a lot of like retail stuff and stuff like that. But um, it's, uh, I would say it's like 200,000 people, but that's maybe a high guess. I think I saw that mm. in the newspaper once when I was a teenager, so I don't know how much it is now. But it's definitely like my high school gradu- graduating class was like 120 kids. Gotcha. But but it's very Could, Let broken. me ask you this. Yeah. Could, could, could and would Bruce Springsteen be able to do a whole album about your town? Yes. Because that's a good gauge to me. Absolutely. And I and I and I and that sounds snarky, but I actually totally appreciate uh, the boss and um, <laughs> I, I sort of but but it is easy to kind of go to the place of like, you know, well, yeah. he was working at the paper factory yeah. and then the factory closed down. <laughs> um, and that's then it. I that's had to move upstate. Just know yeah. There you go. And to work at a different paper factory where I met a lady who wasn't my wife and then I left my kids and my wife. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would <laughs> that's a totally the way to bring in the domestic would. drama. I'm very <laughs> thank impressed. You. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and so so is that I guess that's sort of what can happen. I mean, that seems like like a bunch of retail stuff moving in almost seems like it could be uh, a, a a a good alternative to something just sort of really dying or uh, is the is the retail yeah. like kind of a like a not a great substitute. It's like not uh, a great economically. substitute because you go from you go from having an economy where people can um like graduate from high school and like my dad was a high school graduate, you know, and that was it, you know. And um yeah. I mean both neither of my parents went to college and uh you know, my dad was able to do okay, you know, we were like probably like we were probably like upper lower middle class, right? So like uh-huh. not <laughs> like, I get it. Right I there. followed. I tracked yeah. that. Okay. So so it was like you know, he did okay. And um now it's everything's been replaced with jobs where it's like uh you can make $10 an hour like right, <laughs> working for right, Walmart right. or something. You know, right. or like suddenly they'll be like, oh, new jobs coming in. And it's like a bunch of like call center jobs or something, you know. Right. Um. So, yeah. Um. So that's. You and know. your family's still there? Um. Well, my mom, there? Part most of my family is. Yeah. My mom is still there. She um got, she was a hairdresser while I was growing up. She had a beauty shop in our basement. Um. And she, uh when I was a teenager, started working part-time at a bank and then has worked herself up over the past 30 years to be a vice president, a branch manager of the bank. So she's very proud of her job. And she, like, there's nothing more important to her than that job. It's like, she will not retire. (laughs) Uh (laughs) They, like, offered to, like, let her retire. And she's like, nope, nope, I'm here. (laughs) That's it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, so she has that. She, like, loves it. Um, and, uh, yeah, my brother's down here in the city, too. Um, but, you know, my extended family is mostly all up there, you know? So. So that, so that I asked just because, you know, you do sort of, there are stories of people who, who do kind of migrate out of a town when 
things start to, sh- to slow down and and yeah and then those who are you know who are like well this is you know this is my home which I I totally get I mean I, when I think about like even it's funny because and I don't know if it, the, part of it is just the the idea we have about ourselves or the sort of weird lenses that we put on ourselves when we imagine lives that we don't have versus right. like the evidence that's right in front of us about the lives we do have which is to say while I did leave Tucson Arizona where I'm from mm-hmm. went to a small college in Arizona then left that for the quote-unquote big city of San Francisco and then left that for Los Angeles all all evidence shows I am very willing to move away from my hometown and in fact right. move to wherever I you know feel I need to be at whatever point yet the imagined version of me living in a small town where there's sort of a a, a, a type of industry that shuts down that that version of me I would imagine being someone who doesn't want to leave and who stays and wants to find a way to make a living somehow else because that is what feels like home so it's just sort of funny like I don't know why I imagine I wouldn't be the person to go well I'm getting out of here I you know I'm going where the work is but for some reason I imagine myself being like no I this is this is where I this where I need to stay I I don't know what that's all about yeah I don't know I you know I've been kind of like playing around with it in my head here and there um just like especially during this past year with the you know stay at home and everything and I'm like why am I paying the amount of money I'm paying to like I have a I I just uh last September uh moved into like a studio apartment in Manhattan so it's my first place on my own and it's in Manhattan which is like a lifelong dream it's like in an amazing neighborhood you know but I'm like why am I paying like why am I doing this right now you know especially because it's like I don't really feel settled in the neighborhood and I'm just kind of like uh you know like when I go outside I'm just like ah (laughs) every single time (laughs) because I haven't had a chance to really get acclimated to it because we're just like in this weird you know situation oh my gosh Um, absolutely but the opportunity came up and I was like I have to take it you know um yeah but I'm like I can't I try to picture myself going back home and I can't do it. Like I I, I don't yeah. see where I fit in there and I don't see and I was there for like a year after college. I went to Syracuse uh for college and then I came home. It was like about an hour away, and then I came home for a year afterwards. Um after graduating from like film school and I was I worked at a Barnes and Noble. I had like a townie boyfriend. I mean, I was a townie at that point because I graduated college, you know, but like I had a boyfriend who also worked at the Barnes and Noble. I just went after work every day and sat on his couch and smoked weed while he played Tony Hawk on his PlayStation. (laughs) And I and that was it. And I was like, I can't do that for the rest of my life. And maybe there's something else I would find to do there. I don't drink anymore or like, you you know, smoke weed or anything. So I'm like, well, maybe I'd be productive. But I also think maybe that could just lead to me drinking and smoking weed again. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, fair. We we don't need to go back to that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 I don't know. I I like the... um, I like the anonymity that a big city gives you. I get that. Absolutely. It's just like, yeah, it's like freedom to just kind of like, you know, exist. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. 
folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these bewild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. That's how you get Joel Schumacher putting nipples on Batman. Yeah. I didn't ask, like, and I say no. this as a game. I say this as a gay man, didn't ask for it. I don't need to see Batman's nipples on his suit. Who is this for? Who is this for? I did a bunch of research. I wanted to just know about the history of black people in Argentina. So not only did they erase black people from their history, they also started to flip and use it as slurs. We're not done. Like, we're not done with the work that needs to be done. And so stay awake. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together we're the majority. You know, as a person who is clearly interested in the arts, uh, did you did you have that interest growing up too? Did you sort of have that, that yeah. you, you know, have the, the bug of I want to make stuff. I want to, you know, sort of uh, like being fascinated by these sort of alternate realities that are being created by, oh. you know, fictional stories and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like a little weirdo growing up. Like I was a little creepy kid, but I, um, creepy, define (laughs) creepy as you see yourself as a kid. I was like, okay, so I, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like 28. Right. So I, so I grew up with undiagnosed ADHD. I also was way too smart for any, like, I was like way too smart, very tiny ADHD kid. Right. So like, I knew shit that I shouldn't have known. I would say shit that was like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, I was just like always <laughs> all over the place. Like, um, like I remember at one point, this is coming out of my mouth right now. Okay. So let's just like go with it. And maybe I can say edit that out. But like, I would have these always an option. I I would have these ideas as a kid that I remember like my mom always just being like, what? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, I remember we were in my first house. So this is like before the age of five because I moved when I was five. But I remember we had like this like empty cigar box for some reason. And I told my mom I wanted to start collecting things in the cigar box like all of my fingernails (laughs) she's like why and I'm like I don't know I just think it's they're cool they're all these weird little shapes and I want to keep them you know like I just always had these weird ideas like that where it's like let's you know let's uh my favorite video to because like this was like when VHS uh was just becoming a thing that like you could rent because I'm 40 so, um, so, you know, we had a VCR, you could rent movies, we would go to the video rental place and the, the, you know, this is, again, this is like three, five years old. The only thing I would ever rent was like the Michael Jackson thriller video and I would watch all uh-huh. the way through. It was, it was like you could rent it. It would have the music video and then it had a making of documentary, like a half yes, hour making of documentary this. afterwards. Yes. And yeah. I would watch that, like be, it was between that and the never ending story were the only two things I would yeah. watch growing up. And, yeah. and like that, and also a lot of MTV. Like I watched a lot of MTV. So I had a, all these weird, like understandings of the world going on in my head, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I, cause I was like, it's, I feel like when a kid is, um, smart enough to kind of start to make sense of the things that they're seeing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but like maybe they're not like emotionally mature enough to understand it or like sure. developly, develop, developmentally not there yet to like kind of understand yes, it. Yes, I totally it, get it. They just end up saying weird shit in front of people. That totally makes sense. And I will say not to draw too strong of a connection with the MTV yeah. thing, but um, with you in specifically, but I, that really resonates with me for whatever reason, just even when you were kind of describing yourself, because when I think about the amount of time I spent watching MTV and that there was, there hadn't been anything really like that before. Uh-huh. And, and the, and the level of strangeness that videos had, um, was like I, I can't I can't imagine that that they didn't have an effect on like an entire generation oh I mean it was just so like you know I have been doing a lot of thinking around this right now because I have this new project that I'm doing where I like uh <laughs> where I just do like shop shot by shot remakes of um things that I like or like whatever in Animal Crossing and um i just put out one of like too many cooks uh like last month uh do you remember too many cooks from 2014 Uh, oh i definitely remember too many okay yeah so so i did a full-on like 11 minute shot by shot remake of it you need to send me that i need to see that thank you i I will send it to you it's gotten a little bit of traction it like got picked up in like pace magazine and like you know it was like oh yeah i'm not surprised um and i'm working on another one right now and it's a music video and it's like uh, just as i've been working on this like i've really been I think music videos are the ideal medium, like, for me to, like, express things. And I think because I watched them so much growing up, and there's just so much you can do with them, like, in terms of storytelling and not even in terms of storytelling, but in terms of, like, abstract storytelling, you know, where it's like you don't maybe don't need to be completely literal or like whatever. Um, and just how much they influenced me over the years. Um, I mean, MTV was like so important to me growing up. I don't think, I, I think it's the thing that I watched the most my entire life. Like I can tell you, like, you know, I remember, yeah, it's just this thing. And it's sad to me that like, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I, I assume that means you watched uh, Al TV when Al, when Weird Al took over um, I, MTV. Did you did you see that? I I'm pretty sure I did. Um, it might be. Uh, you, you might, might be, have to remind you're me. Young, a bit. You're a little younger than me, so yeah. Uh, well, I no, he just would. He 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 sort of VJ'd. He sort of VJ'd. Um, like my dad and I were that were like you know big Al nerds and like saw him uh-huh. in concert and stuff when I was really little and oh I love uh, that and he would take he would he would quote unquote take over um, MTV at, and I think the premise was like that he had I mean it, maybe it was leading to UHF the his movie oh but, yeah um, leading up to oh that, so but this was, was like, like early this was like in the eighties very early very okay. early and yeah. he and he um because there was a sense of like I think it was the idea was like he he sort of had a satellite that would take over MTV nice. you know and yeah. and and he would play the videos he wanted to play and then every once in a while he would sort of insert his voice like a little bit MST3K style on uh-huh. in certain videos and. Um, he always found really weird videos and, you know, he was influenced by Dr. Demento. So it's not that surprising that he ended right. up kind of VJing uh, weird videos on MTV. But that was like the meta of that. Like oh, yeah. Before a lot of stuff even was meta is sort yeah. of like mind blowing to me. And 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 absolutely. And, and also, like, I remember there like it felt like their movies 
even just like cool indie movies would would have like a built-in reason to have like and we're and we're gonna shoot this music video like they yeah people like filmmakers wanted to be a part of the mtv thing even if they weren't involved with bands they would somehow find a way to like write a band and music video into whatever movie they were doing (laughs) right right. (laughs) and now we'll just have this three minute break um but like yeah i I, well i mean so many amazing directors came out of of the mtv years you know like obviously like spike jones and david fincher and mark romanek and uh michelle gondry and like you know and it's just this uh I mean, David Fincher, I was going through his music videos with a friend a while back, and he, like, shaped my, like, <laughs> he shaped my weirdo, like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, budding bisexual shame, <laughs> like, over those years. Oh, my God. What, you know? okay, wait, what, what <laughs> like, videos did he direct? Because I don't um, remember which ones he he's did, responsible for. He did George Michael's uh, Freedom, which is all of the supermodels. Oh, my God, in he the, did. With, yeah, he did that. That one was, like, I'm, like, I'm attracted to the men. The women are gorgeous. What's happening? Absolutely. I don't understand. Absolutely. Never going to speak to this about anybody. Um, and then, like, um, <laughs> there was... Um, uh, that uh, Billy Idol rock the cradle of love one where the girl like yes. shows up and like, <laughs> like what is happening and it's like <laughs> you're watching it and I'm like I don't know if I want to be the girl or the guy what's going on yes <laughs> you know? yes and hundred um, percent and then um, oh there was like another one that he did where I like look back at it and I'm just like oh my god like what the hell but um yeah he did a lot of oh he did madonna um he didn't do vogue did he do no he didn't do no wait did he hold on i need to i don't know i I don't know i need to i need to go to my phone hold on he definitely did a madonna video that was like iconic but now i'm like uh questioning myself and like like a prayer was also a huge oh so huge for madonna oh and growing up catholic that was very like uh okay I'm yeah actually he that did this out in real time he did he vogue? did he did vogue um and he did uh um boop, 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 boop. Dee, dee, dee. he did express yourself that's the one where she's in the factory with all the dancers and she's like the boss oh yeah like what yes, the hell yeah. Like that, yeah. Like I was like 11, 12, 13 when these were coming out, and I'm just like, what is going on? No, um, I totally agree. Yeah. So David totally Fincher, uh, D- D- David Fincher, like basically uh, introduced a lot of shame into my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's funny that you say that because the Catholic thing, you know, that I remember. Be, be, there, I remember the huge controversy around yeah. Madonna and the Catholic Church and I was not in any like I had no real connection to Catholicism at all like the the principal uh, kind of beliefs in my immediate world were atheism Mormonism and Judaism like the, it was oh, either wow. my family or my friends and yeah. I just had no connection to the Catholic Church that the Catholic Church was more of like something that you read about in books or that you do see in movies or you know that I don't even remember like I couldn't even like I like I didn't know which churches were Catholic in, in yeah. my city you know just didn't have a relationship to it and so seeing that from a, like feeling like being at a distance to the upheaval and the uproar about Madonna and the Catholic Church was very fascinating. And the same with Sinead O'Connor. Like, 
that oh, it was just yeah. so fascinating that 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 there was this huge sort of thing happening that I was oh. like Oh, I guess that's a big deal to to people, you know? The Sinead O'Connor thing is one of those things that you look back on from that era, like the sort of like uh, society's reaction to like Monica Lewinsky or society's reaction to like uh, Lorena Bobbitt or something. And it's like she was protesting (laughs) child sex abuse. She was protesting the most reasonable, seriously, the most (laughs) reasonable thing you could possibly pick to make a stand on. So reasonable. Okay, so we just, we lost your microphone for a minute. Um, and uh, of course, you, you, everybody heard the most important stuff about poor Sinead O'Connor. Um, and then <laughs> and then this idea of, of like the, me trying to tie a bunch of red string on a, on a bulletin board together about you being ADHD and having and- uh, wanting a fingernail collection in a cigar box, but somehow that also tying into being an altar girl, um, right? Which right. you know, because I was telling you, I, like I came up yeah. with any reason for it. I just sort of threw it out there, like no, I think you said. I, I, I think I think I think uh, what you were saying is because I was saying that like I like my, my mom was like very Italian Catholic and my dad was very Irish Catholic and we were in church every Sunday and I was an altar girl and I think what you were connecting was like the ritual of it all. Uh, yeah, tying into that being a creepy kid. Uh, I think that's what you were. I think that's what you were I'm just doing. Being, like, it just was sort I'm just of like, yeah, this, the, uh, this adorable little girl at the age of seven uh, had, uh, you know, a sacrament where I uh, drank the blood of Christ. You know, no big deal. <laughs> Not no creepy big at deal. all. Most normal thing in the world. Totally Most normal, normal thing in the world. Yeah. And you and then you were saying that one of the things that you were sort of grateful for oh, um, within yes. the context of being this weird smart kid was Odyssey of the Mind, which I was right. like, wait, I I know this but I don't know this. And so it was creative yes. problem solving for yes. youngsters uh yes. with in, in certain cases with some intensity like dealing with the concept of Pompeii when you were in Yeah. So I was giving you that example of like yeah, so you had like a team of seven kids uh it was like competitive um and you had to like one part of your team like five of you had to like come up with like a like we always did the ones that included like a skit or a performance you know so like yeah Mm -hmm. uh fifth grade fifth grade it was uh the eruption of mount vesuvius in pompeii in those moments and we did a um we uh, in our version it was uh a game show that was happening at the time called wheel nope. of for wheel of fortuna okay like oh, wheel of fortune hello. but like yeah and uh and i was a gladiator that got to come out with artifacts and the joke was that i was like 62 pounds at that point in my life so it was very funny that i was the gladiator so i was like comic uh-huh. relief um but uh you know stuff like that and um but then the other side of it was um called um spontaneous thinking and they would give you a prompt and then you would have a minute to like sort of like quietly sit and contemplate and then you have two minutes as a group to like go off one by one spouting out like answers to the prompt that would be like uh uh, graded like in terms of like uh given points in terms of like being like a basic answer or a like creative answer like an out-of-the-box answer so if it's like if the problem is say like things that are blue the sky, you know, great, you said it, you got it out of the way, move on to the next person, you get one point, right? Or if you said Miles Davis, you'd get three points. 
right? Because that's like a more creative answer. This is interesting right? because this is almost like comedy sports. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it trained so me. Interesting. For, it's like short form improv training, but like yeah. academic. So anyways, the whole point of me telling you this, this whole long tangent uh, goes to the fact that uh, you also got, um, uh, you know, extra points if you tied it into like current events. So we were always scouring the news and like really paying attention to the news uh, while I was involved in this, uh, which by the way, my teams went to the world finals twice okay so not hello. joking around here hello no uh, kidding what's yeah where where the world's where does the world final <laughs> I, I guess it probably goes the, different areas know, but sometimes they were in fun places but the two years that i, I won uh one was in uh baltimore and one was <laughs> in uh knoxville tennessee uh, so the first time, the first time I ever flew on a plane was to Knoxville, Tennessee. So that was Amazing. very exciting. Um, but um, the uh, so the the current events around this this time was uh, Waco, the you know David Koresh. Oh the yes, whole, yes. Uh, that whole thing was happening, and yes. so. For whatever reason, my team, we got really involved in like learning about the Waco situation. So I'm learning what cults are and I'm learning all of this stuff. And I like, you know, and then I would have to go sit, you know, at mass every Sunday and you're kneeling together and you're standing together and you're chanting together. And now you're eating the blood of some or the body mm. of something you know what i mean and then i'm like working the mass and so i'm like a, kind of involved in all the rituals but also seeing how a priest acts when he's like not on duty you know or like whatever mm. um so kind of like seeing the back end of it you know like the, sure. the inner workings and i was like so basically that's when i became a little tiny atheist is what i'm saying <laughs> well <laughs> that like makes the, sense i mean at that's the age of really 12. interesting yeah that's really interesting though because that to have that to have something so extreme happen at that particular point in your life I mean it does feel like kind of a confluence of events that you would and that and that may perhaps shift someone on their religious access um who's more involved in like a more like the ritual of a religion rather than and the more ritualistic the religion is possibly the more it could sort of come into question when you're hearing all these and you're learning all yeah. these things about Waco and about God and about you know people's like the like the fervor that somebody can kind of ignite in someone else that might lead to something negative you know obviously it can lead to something positive for a lot of people too but I think that really is so fascinating that all of those things were going on to kind of like churn out atheism in you <laughs> and this is also the year that all the david fincher music videos are coming out <laughs> there's a lot going on as if you needed Jen. another push in that direction <laughs> i know um yeah so uh so i think that um you know there's just something about being a like <sighs> one of the most dangerous things that uh that an institution can give a child is critical thinking skills you know um in mm. terms of yeah, so i think that i um yeah yeah like that odyssey of the mind shit really uh opened a lot of uh, mental doors for me in terms of how i looked at things and everything you know um, no kidding now i'm even yeah. more envious i was before and now i re- it's, it has not <laughs> quelled my envy even a little yeah. Now yeah. I'm wildly envious. 
I mean, that's that's really extraordinary. And so you had mentioned that you were that that, you know, in, in the context of the music videos, but but perhaps in a, a larger scale or not, uh, that you that you were sort of going, wait a minute, do I like this girl? Um, am I interested? Like oh. what where my feelings are sort of fluttering all over the place inside this music video. Um, was that reflected back to you in other ways, like at church or at school? Um, you know, it was such a thing. I feel like the um it's really taken me a lot of time to kind of wrap my head around all of that, um, just because mm. I think that um, the era that I grew up in was very um, uh, to do um, black and white when it comes mm. to um, whether you're straight or you're gay. Right. And I think yeah. that, like, there was a lot of, like, really amazing stuff going on with, like, gay rights in the 90s and stuff like that. Especially, you know, I was very, um, again, being a, like, sort of precocious, like, overly, you know, smart kid with ADHD. I, you know, picking up on stuff all over the place. Like, I was very aware of what was going on with the AIDS epidemic. I, you know, I was very aware of, you know... Um, <laughs> even stuff on you know, watching MTV all the time, you know, <laughs> like, yep. picking up, picking up on things. Yeah. I mean, that was the most progressive, one of the most progressive places, if not the most progressive place for, you know, American yeah. sexuality and gender and, and, and androgyny and sin yeah. and all of those things. And then being like, uh, you know, like a dance kid growing up and, and sort of like, you know, I had neighbors that were gay, um, like a gay couple lived across the street and they were lovely. Um, uh, and um, I, it was always like, you're, you're either or, you know what I mean? Right. And I knew I wasn't yeah, I either know. or. So I, so it was very confusing. And, you know, it's really only taken like through the like the past few years where I can say like, oh, no, I am like, honestly, this is the first time I'm honestly really talking about it that much on a podcast. Like normally I, I it's just a thing that I like, I'm not saying like I don't talk about it, but it's like I almost sometimes feel like I don't have the authority to talk about it because, um, yeah. you know, just certain uh, whatever. Um, but it's like somebody. uh how do I say it? It's not about who you've dated. It's about your attraction, right? So it's like right. you can be like if you're a straight person and you've never had sex with anybody, you're still a straight person. And so if you right. are attracted to like both sides and like sort of sort of like getting that angle of it, I was like, oh, well, that completely makes sense now, right? Because it was and even going into like, you know, adulthood and everything, I still like. I, it's like that thing where it's like intellectually I understand what bisexuality is, right? But like, right. there's still this lingering shit there from, you know, that time when you're trying to figure everything out. Um, and also, Absolutely. honestly, like being ADHD on top of it, you're already like approaching and viewing the world from like these sort of like different experiences and perspectives. Like, I remember even... Even dating men was, like, hard for me to, like, sort of wrap my head around. Not in a way where it's like, do I want to date men? But just, like, how does this happen? You know? Like, mm. I remember when, um, I like, I was always just, 
I think when you are a little like neurodivergent or whatever, this is me speaking for myself. So maybe me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I like, and I love that you are, by the way. I, I this thank is, you. I love that you're talking about this. It's 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 doing a lot for me as well. So. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it's like your brain is just already being pulled in so many different directions on a daily basis and you're already like trying to like social uh interactions are really difficult because you know maybe you get distracted while you're talking or maybe you interrupt a lot or maybe you are making connections that your other like friends or peers aren't making and then you're the weirdo you know and uh and so like just i feel like even with friendships you're observing and um mirroring rather than just like living and experiencing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes to like dating, I I wrote a story about this uh, a, a few years back that's like one of my favorite things I've ever written, but like I, it was very like, um, okay, well, my friends Kelly and Sarah both got boyfriends last summer. And they got boyfriends while they were working at the baseball stadium because we had a double-A baseball team. So this summer, I will get a job at the baseball stadium because that's how you get a boyfriend, right? Like, yeah. that's that's like how my brain... Like, it's a, like it's a mathematical formula. Like, yeah, right. A plus yeah, B plus like... C. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So this is how you do that. I get it. And then I get a job at the baseball stadium and I'm still, you know, um, I did not get a boyfriend while I was working there. They actually put me in a souvenir stand on the third baseline uh, that faced a cement wall. So (laughs) I just uh, alone in that little booth all summer long. But um, boy, yeah. So it's like I didn't have a boyfriend I didn't really start dating until college. I mean, I was so busy in high school anyways. Like, and I Mm -hmm. think that's part of the reason why, you know, I would look at things that way is like, well, because I, um, you know, I danced growing up. I mentioned that earlier. I don't know if that was in the podcast or, or extra podcast, but, um, uh, I danced growing up. Um, I was in the dance studio four nights a week. I was cheerleading. I was like, so that was like, you know, two hours after school every night. Um, then I had, you know, this Odyssey of the Mind crap going on. And then I had, you know, so I was just like so busy. And so um, I still have a hard time socializing in situations that don't have a purpose, if that makes any oh, sense. Dude, I hear you. No, it makes all the sense in the world. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's been a while. But I, I, like, something that has a structure that, yes. like, creates a, a set of boundaries and a reason and, a, a a goal whether it's a speaking topic or a or a game or something that has mm-hmm. sort of beginning middle and end um is so much less intimidating and i'm sure this is true for many people but it is so much less intimidating than like here's just this unstructured time <laughs> that is like sort of sitting out in front of you before you even show up and you just feel right. so nebulous and murky and like isn't it easier to just not go (laughs) but if it's like this thing happens you learn you're learning how to do this or you're there to talk about this or you're gonna play a game that you know will have a beginning middle and end like I totally get it 
And even, even like, uh, and then on top of that, it's like, what's my role in this? Like, am I leading the game? Because that's the best. Am I having to participate in somebody else's game? Because that's the worst. (laughs) Am I I having to like, like, what am I doing in, like, not saying I like to like be, but just like in terms of the ADHD thing, sometimes it's like, if I have to like, if I end up in a situation that my brain is just like, we do not like this, then it's really hard to get out of the we do not like this mode you know um like that discomfort um so uh especially if like my brain is like hooked on something else or like whatever um so yeah so like the social like i didn't really date until college and then i had a lot of alcohol involved so you know Mm-hmm. Who, who who cares? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Um, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, the amount of people that I that 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 I have had on the podcast who who didn't date until college is. I mean, it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me on a case by case basis, but um, I've it comforts me and it sort of impresses me on a just by the numbers like statistic basis. Like a lot of people, like a lot of my favorite people. Just yeah. for a number of different reasons, just did not date in high school, and I and it I just I sort of love that that there's a there's you know it doesn't mean that there are some of my favorite people didn't date. I mean I definitely did date and was all over the place and and you know was a confused kid and very depressed and <laughs> emotional and all yeah. that and yeah. so all those different ways that we come into our adulthoods are are so wildly different, but um but they're but they're there absolutely has been such a consistency to like, you know, oh, no, God, I didn't know. I didn't date in high school. No way, you know. And I, so, I wonder if there's um, like a correlation to like those who escape their hometowns and those who don't date in high school. I wonder if there's like a, a whoa, you know. Interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying for everybody, but I, I mean, I for the most part, I guess I'm mostly talking to people who do leave their hometowns because they're usually people I meet here. Yeah. But but the, but overall, it from a from a just cross section of humanity that I don't know to, to talk to because they're still in their hometowns. That's a really interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. I can't believe I've we've already been uh, talking for almost an hour, and I got to get into this mash game with you because oh I already God. feel like I have some some fun places to go with it and perhaps some places that will even enlighten me further about your your wonderful um, fingernail collecting brain and i do not mean that in a condescending fashion in any way shape or form here's what i I just can i say something for you for your listeners please Uh, if you ever have a child and that child is a weird creepy child and that child wants to do something completely harmless 
Like, save her fingernail clippings in an old cigar box. Just let her do it. Because if you just let her do it, she'll do it twice and then completely forget that the idea was even an idea and never turn to right. it again. But if you say her, if you say to her, why would you want to do a thing like that? She'll carry it with her for her entire life and then end up talking about it on a podcast. Okay? So just let her store the fingernails in the cigar oh, box. God. Oh my God. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, I love that. And I think there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that. Um, okay. So first, first category, I don't really know where this category is going to go other than that. I, um, <laughs> I just want to hear like three things that it would be fun to collect <laughs> <laughs> from that same sort of like hey wouldn't it be fun to collect and they can be like taking away taking away the physics of it like you okay. could collect stars or you could collect elephants or you could collect black holes or you could you know what i'm saying like let's okay. pretend that 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 that, the, that physics have really no bearing on this three things that it would be fun for alternate universe gen to collect narwhal horns wonderful discarded tissues from people who are not uh me right. why did i say that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i love you it's wonderful and um i'm going to say um the dust that settles on cars that have not been driven for a long time great one of the things I like about the middle one, by the way, is that a discarded tissue is like a couple of folds and a piece of string away from a paper flower. So, yeah, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of there's 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 a the aesthetic um, is, you know, some of it's a little uh, subjective. Um, OK, great. All right. Next category. Let's do let's do three places in the world that it would be super fun to do kind of a low stakes odyssey of the mind with just people you like. Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, Auckland, New Zealand. Wait, you're, you're mm -hmm. asking me where in the world we would want to go? Yeah. Okay. Auckland, Imagining New Zealand. that that's kind of the activity that's going to be happening. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that would be cool because you go on day trips while you're there. So that's, you know, yes. when you're not, when you're not competing, cause you really only have like a seven minute performance and then like three minutes in a room. So, uh, so you have a lot of free time. So yes. Auckland, Ooh, New Zealand. I love this logic already um, applying the logic to Auckland. Perfect. I think it would be cool if the entire competition was happening on the Trans-Siberian Railroad. Amazing. And then also, I will say, um, inside the... Uh, I wish I could be more specific, but I, I'm just going to say inside an abandoned mall. I love it. Because that also feels like a very influential kind of 80s, 90s 
yes uh, thing that happened in a music videos b movies like the idea of being in a mall after it's closed or mm-hmm. abandoned or post-apocalyptic is like that's i feel like that's sown oh, into so good my yeah. t- my my the tissue of my my soul um <laughs> great uh amazing okay Three fictitious places that whether that's, you know, the New York of blank movie or book or Endor or, you know, the Shire, three fictitious places that you would like to have a second home so you can just go there and nothing scary or bad can happen. It's just like all good. Okay, so I will say the warehouse in Synecdoche, New York. I don't know if anybody's seen that film, but... Oh, yep, uh, yep, yep, Okay, yep. I will say just the whole world of the never-ending story. And Great. finally, I will say... Okay, well, the first thought that came to my head because we were, um, because we were <laughs> talking about Catholicism, I don't know if you've seen The Young Pope or The New Pope, but the, the cinematography is gorgeous. And yeah. the show is so contemplative and, like, funny and good. And Jude Law is really, really hot in it. And... Um, also, I have a little bit of a weird thing for John Malkovich. So, like, I would say in that in the Vatican at that point. Great. Yeah. The Vatican within the Within new the world. Yeah. Of world the, of the new, young pope or the new pope. Yeah. You know what? I didn't watch it. And I just watched. We just re... Like, we just watched the trailer for both going why didn't we ever watch these like oh. i think we maybe need to check these out so th- that's fortuitous and yeah that you would bring that up yeah you should watch it but like really kind of like prepare yourself for a very slow viewing like it's it's like watching liquid gold fall down a wall oh i love that i mm-hmm. i guess i love liquid gold because that really appeals to me <laughs> uh okay three three foods that uh in, in in this reality perhaps you feel are ecologically um you know not responsible to eat like perhaps you have that relationship to beef or something that you're allergic to or something that you wish you could eat so much of but there's so much sugar that you would get sick too fast um three things we're going to take everything out uh in, into this other universe everything's the same and there's nothing there's zero ramifications three things uh that you would love to be able to eat in perpetuity at the snap of your fingers brownie bites guacamole great pizza that might have been the fastest answer <laughs> set of answers all presented almost as if it was one thing that i want to really tip my hat to you because that was fabulous uh, <laughs> and I agree with all. I agree with all. Okay, uh, let's do some sexy time slash romantic partner. This can uh, be anyone, anything from any era, fiction, reality, history, uh, cartoon, comic book, game, a video game. I don't care. Three people or characters that you would like to have uh, some sort of uh, liaison with and um, you don't have to think of it as like long-term relationship if you don't want to you could be like yeah I'd love to spend the night with so-and-so but then so-and-so I would love to have as a partner three I'm going to say what's her face and the what's his face um what's her name (laughs) (laughs) I always adore Lizzie Kaplan Lizzie Kaplan in anything oh yeah Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm, she's in mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um then I will say, um, I'm, oh, I'm not, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Ugh. 
I'm watching the new girl again right now, and I'll say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the guy who plays Nick Miller. Why am I saying that? He's I've such never a, seen he's, it, but oh. I'm imagining that you mean what? Like, is it Jake Johnson? Yeah, Jake Johnson. Thank yeah, him. Um, okay, great. And then I'll say, um, oh, a third one. Wait, sorry, my brain stops sometimes. Uh, oh, I don't, don't. Please, mash is the most painful part for some guests because of that. So you're not I'm alone. like, who? Who am I attracted to? Who, oh, what is I my know. name? <laughs> right? Uh, what's his face from the thing? Love it. Look. Oh gosh, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, you know who he yes. is? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, I do. Oh my god. Uh, how? 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 What a doll. <laughs> Oh, every time I every time doll. I see him, I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> how did this yeah. happen? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's who. Great. But choice. I want to add one. I want to take off Nick Miller. Okay. Can I take off okay. Nick Miller? Absolutely. I am, this this may or may not be related to my current Animal Crossing Shop by Shot remake project, but I'm going to add Trent Reznor to the oh, list. Oh, sure. Remove sure. Nick Miller. I don't need a boy, okay? I need yeah. a, a man. So Trent Reznor. <laughs> Great. Got him. Who, got him. If, oh my God. What a like what a genius. Like just yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Oh okay. yes. So so I love these choices. Okay, great. Next one, let's do uh wanted do, let's do an alternate universe job. Um and again, this is for you and this is for just fun brain brain times. Uh so there's nothing negative about it. You don't have to think about like you don't have to get real about what's negative about these jobs. It could be like, yeah, you know, part-time I just like to make valentines or whatever. Three uh alternate universe jobs that you can dabble in. Okay. Private detective, a mathematician of like real math, like like uh like the guy in a beautiful mind math, yep. right? Yep. Or yes. um I will say I want to run a panda rescue. I love it. That came out of left field and I couldn't support it more. I love it. It's great. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Okay. Then we have two more categories. Next oh category. Okay. Let's do. There was something that we were talking about earlier. I think when we were still talking about your hometown, but I cannot now remember what it was, but it definitely struck a, a little nerve in me in a good way of the, the idea of um, like an amusement park ride that comes to life or like Ooh. sort of life imitating art or art imitating life, like a Disneyland ride that's real that you can sort of jump into and be a part of in, in whatever real crazy world it creates or like a thing that is in our reality that actually would make a weirdly fun amusement park ride so it could go either way okay so i will say um the uh the moving walkways at an airport wonderful and agreed i will say uh i think your mom's minivan (laughs) great you have to you have to drive your mom's minivan and then i will say um the abandoned paper factory Mm Hmm. maybe that's what made me think of it although I can't really draw a line between those things, but I'm glad that you <laughs> you drew it for me. You drew it for me. You say you kind of you laid it out there. You put it out there for me to pick up. So. Uh, yeah, what and and it, and I don't even think I was right about it, but somehow you've made sense of it, and I and I applaud you and I appreciate you. Um, mm-hmm. 
Okay, and then last category, let us do, uh, let's do, this is in honor of the ways in which our brains want to be doing different things all at once, right? Yours and mine, perhaps in particular, but um, let's do, let's do three things, and this is, you have to do three sets of these, right? But so three things that you sort of wish you could be doing all at the same time. Like your brain has an itch okay. to want to both be on a Ferris wheel and be washing dishes, but also be writing a novel. Like three things that okay. in this um, reality I, can happen concurrently for you. All of the things that I need to do for my podcast while doing art, while lying in bed. Okay. Uh, but and by lying in bed, I mean like face down in bed, right? I don't mean like oh, right. I'm just in bed right, doing right. these things. I mean like no, I've got like my body pillow, like my leg is slung over my body right. pillow, right. like my like I'm like face down right. in shit, right? Um. Uh, yes. Next is riding the subway. Yes, indeed. Tap dancing. Does it have to be a disparate thing? Mm, no. Okay, and telling jokes. I've always wanted to kind of tap dance on the subway as like a really annoying white lady. I don't think I should do that, but um, boy, I, I get it though. I absolutely oh, get it. This is I want. Yeah. I do want to see. It would be fun to see. Maybe your music video can you could be you tap dancing, telling jokes, and being on the subway. Um, so you can still yes, experience that could it. Be it. And then uh, last one. So it's probably things I enjoy doing. So I'm going to say riding in a boat. Great while reading a book mm -hmm. and watching Law and Order. Amazing. <laughs> ah, what a great twist at the it's end. It's really simple. Oh, it's really great. simple. It's great. It's absolutely great. Okay. Um, give me a, an adjective to describe uh, a relative of yours that you just really adore. Okay, I uh, I'm going to say, um, aw. <laughs> That's not an adjective. Aw, I'm gonna gotcha. say, aw. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. And okay. I'll take my version of however I think that's spelled. Okay. Um, I would love for you to please reiterate anything that you've already mentioned. You dropped some fun hints about things that you've got going on that I think people are very eager to check out. So if you could take this opportunity while I'm doing this to tell people where to find you, uh -huh. what to watch, what to listen to, all that good stuff of yours. Great. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok at Jen Welch now. It's Jen with two N's, Welch like the grape juice, so W-E-L-C-H, and now like right now. And if you want to listen to a bunch of ladies talk about their ADHD, you can listen to my podcast. It's called Lady HD, a podcast for distractible women. And you can follow that on all the socials at Lady HD Pod. Um, and then if you like um, weird Animal Crossing stuff, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's uh, Jen Welch now. And uh, it, I've got uh, shot by shot remakes up there so far of uh, Mean Girls scene, uh, the opening credits of Clarissa Explains It All, Great. all of Too Many Cooks, and I've got a new one coming out shortly. So fabulous. Yep. Had to take a sip of water because I mm -hmm. am ready to deliver your 100% guaranteed fictitious Woo. alternate universe mass future. Uh, 
Okay, I want to start out by saying that I am excited to visit you at, in your second home inside of the Vatican. Yes. As as depicted by new pope, young pope. So very glorious, yes. just lush, sumptuous. strange, wonderful. Yes, absolutely. sumptuous photography. I'll tell you what else is sumptuous there. The pizza, which yes, you may have in perpetuity snap of your fingers whatever you want on it it's going to be perfect uh how whatever temperature you want it etc uh certainly it does seem serendipitous that you would end up in the vatican and be eating an italian food sure but we didn't know that was going to happen so it worked out i want to also congratulate you on the marvelous panda rescue that you have founded and uh, that you run whenever you feel like it it's a vatican Uh, panda rescue the Vatican Panda, the Pandakin well, Rescue. The Pandakin uh, or the the Vaticanda? The Vaticanda? I or like Vatapanda. Yeah. yeah. Vatapanda? Vata, the, the Vatapanda Rescue. Yeah. Um, a lot of people comment on some of the amazing, like, sort of uh, hanging sculptures that you've done in the kind of, like, the introductory area, like mm. the entrance area. It's not mm-hmm. um, where the pandas themselves are, but it is where all of your discarded narwhal uh, horns are amazing. sort of hanging to create this almost, oh, like, so crystal excited. cave wonderland. Yes. Um, so that is very cool. Speaking of uh, crystal cave wonderlands, I also want to uh, say, please, have a great time possibly going to the Glowworm Caves and the North Island of New Zealand because you Woo! are going to Odyssey of the Mind, which will be in Auckland. So yeah. you will have a million wonderful day trips out of Auckland, New Zealand, including, oh. but not limited to a glowworm cave. I did not mean to make that connection. That is what happened just now as uh, a result of your particular mash. I want to also congratulate you on your uh, your sojourn in a boat, reading a book while simultaneously enjoying oh, Law and so Order. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That's the one that I get. <laughs> You got it, girl. And I also want to uh, congratulate you for bringing a a certain activity or uh, place into the world of experiential uh, amusement park rides. And I do know that the soundtrack to this particular ride has something to do with working in the paper factory. And last but not least, but I do have to say, I did save it for the end because I thought you would be pleased. You are doing all of this with none other but Lakeith himself. Oh my God, amazing. Oh, and I think you will have a, a healthy appreciation for all of these activities. What a dream. I think he will. I think he'll be really on board with all of this. I agree. Um, I agree. This is amazing. Yep, yes. that's it. It's happening. Oh. It's happening right now in what the a- alternate universe of this MASH game. This has been so lovely. What a Thank wonderful you. distraction. Thank you so much, Jen, for for brightening my day. It's been really, really fun. Oh, always. Always. I thank you so much for having me on and um and my heart feels happy. Uh, I feel the same and uh everybody listening, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey,
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.